from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Good morning, security gang, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Cyber Hub Podcast. I hope you guys are having a magnificent morning here. It's Tuesday, June 20th, 2023. We've got a packed show. We're live on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Good morning, everyone tuning in. How's everyone doing? What is it? 12, 13 countries this morning? Love it. I'm, I'm all for it, right? <laughs> the more diverse our audience, the better the show will be. All right. So thank you for everyone for tuning in. Busy show this morning. So please make sure to subscribe. Go check out our Substack. So here's the deal. I just, I just kind of want to be v- very upfront with y'all. I've got a big announcement coming Thursday. I'll share a whole lot more Thursday after the regular show. I'll be giving out an announcement. <laughs> a lot of changes are coming to our family of podcasts, but, but nonetheless, um, there's that one. I'm very active on Substack. What I mean by very active, I mean, at least I, I try to put out an article once a week. I'm not always very good at it now, but I am now. I've got my whole series of articles ready to go. I'm also putting out exclusive content there through the podcast platform on Substack. There's, you can go and become a free subscriber. You can also support the show. It's $50 a year. It's not a lot. And the reason we're doing that is, is, is twofold. One, um, I'm not going to sell out values for sponsorship money. All right. But number two, it helps us promote the content. So, I mean, that money's invested right back into the show. Um, it helps us uh, really do some some more promotions and, and so forth. So if you want to be kind and you want to support the show, go to Substack, subscribe. $50 a year gives you access to everything, including some, some manuals I'm going to be putting out there, a whole bunch of stuff. I'll talk about it on Thursday, as well as exclusive, exclusive content there and on YouTube and Rumble. So you want to check that out. So without further ado, join me for a morning espresso. Coffee cup cheers, y'all. With a packed show like this one, we'll start off with Asus, the Taiwanese computer hardware manufacturer, shipping out an urgent firmware update to address vulnerabilities in its Wi-Fi router product lines, warning users of the risk of remote code execution attack. In the advisory, Asus documented at least nine security defects and multiple security weaknesses that allow code code execution, denial of service information disclosure, and authentication bypasses. The most serious of the nine vulnerabilities, a highly critical bug with the CVSS severity of a 9.8, Dates back to 2018 and exposes routers to code execution attack. Vulnerability stack, the CVE 2018-1160 is a memory corruption issue. In the Neta talk before 3.1.12, this is due to a lack of bounds checking on the attacker-controlled data. ACES firmware also patched CVE 2022-26376, a CVSS of 9.8 out of 10, a memory corruption vulnerability in the HTTPD unescape functionality of the ACES wart prior to uh, uh, versions you see on the screen there in front of you. All of these are in the show notes. Go check them out. But if you do have an Asus router, you want to make sure you update it. If you're an MSP or MSSP and you've installed Asus routers for whatever reason, uh, could be cost, could be convenience, could be whatever. Uh, you want to make sure you get these uh, firm, uh, uh, updates uh, done quickly and efficiently. I would actually send this out internally to the company with a remote distributed workforce that we have today. Letting them know to update their routers with the affected models is great. Also, making someone on your team available to help answer questions around this would be also helpful in terms of one, security awareness, number two, security in general, and number three, making sure your employees, the frontline people, are protected. So, Shell discloses a data breach uh, to Acelion, and now <laughs> they're going to report another one. So, 
Uh, back in 2021, when Asselion was breached, Shell said, hey, we were victims of that. Well, now, lo and behold, they're now reporting that they were victims of Move It. So they went from Asselion to Move It, and they're victims of another breach there. So Shell just really not having a good day. Um <laughs> Just really not having a good a, a good few years with FTP might be time to reconsider some of those decisions. Western Digital has blocked access to its cloud services for devices running firmware versions uh, impacted by the known and critical security vulnerability. The move, which started on June fifteenth, comes once one month after the company released firmware update for its MyCloud product line to address multiple security defects, including a critical path traversal bug that leads to remote code execution. Issues tracked a CV 2022-36327 carries a CVSS severity score of 9.8. According to the NIST advisory, the flaw could allow an attacker to write files to locations with certain critical file system types. The flaw impacts Western Digital's MyCloud Home, MyCloud Home Duo, SanDisk IBI, and MyCloud OS 5 devices and requires the attacker to force trigger an authentication bypass vulnerability. Now you're locked out if you haven't patched your systems. And Western Digital is saying they don't want you to be victim to a cyber attack, so we're going to go ahead and lock you out from gaining access. Whether or not you agree with this, I mean, realistically speaking, it's the smart, it's the right move to make, even though from a user perspective, it's inconvenient. But if you can't patch your firmware, something different. Um, and, and, and that's a discussion we need to have. Can, should we have the expectation that average users of technology know how to patch them? Or should this be kind of reversed to what the national cybersecurity uh, strategy document was from the White House in March that says, you as a company are responsible for patching your own software. That's kind of the twist there, and that twist is showing right here. And Iowa's largest school district confirms a ransomware attack and data theft. Des Moines Public Schools, Iowa's largest school district, confirmed today that a ransomware attack was behind an incident that forced to take all of its networks offline in January of this year, while the school district also received a ransom demand following the attack from an unnamed ransomware group, the ransomware was not paid. 6,700 individuals whose data was affected and the resulting data breach will be contacted this week with details regarding what PII was exposed. So going after school districts to Des Moines, talk about how, if, you know, how, how easy uh, school districts are for ransomware operators, and they are. And, and this kind of goes to a greater national cybersecurity strategy uh, approach, right? Which is how do you defend the school districts? How do you ensure they still have operability, especially with digital and remote classrooms still being a thing in some states? That's still a thing in some states. So that's there as well. A new Mystic Stealer malware targets 40 web browsers and 70 different web browser extensions. This was first advertised on April 25th of 2023. For $150 a month, the malware also targets cryptocurrency wallets, Steam, and Telegram and employs extensive mechanisms to resist analysis. It's called the Mystic Stealer. The code is heavily obfuscated, making sure of polymorphic string obfuscation, hash-based import resolution, and runtime calculation of constants, according to Inquest and Zscaler researchers said in an analysis published last week. Mystic Stealer, like many other crimeware solutions that are offered for sale, focuses on uh, pilfering data and implementing the C programming language. The control panel has been developed using Python. Updates to the malware in May of 2023 incorporated a loader component that allows it to retrieve and execute next stage payloads, payloads fetched from a C2 server, making it a more formidable threat. The one thing to keep in mind here when they are using the C2 servers, 
we're seeing them more and more utilize actually cloud trusted cloud infrastructure so a lot of times they're doing homework they realize you're on aws they realize you're on azure or google and so they're going out there and they're setting up a c2 server on those cloud databases and that way you're you're you're, you're thinking the traffic is legitimate which is something really important to understand something you want to understand in terms of your cloud posture management because when it comes time to it that's how they're essentially running commands undetected um, and without obfuscation and, 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 and without having to do any sort of obfuscation is they're just utilizing whatever cloud providers. And then by the time they pick up on it, they've moved on. And so they come back and do it again. Um, and that's kind of one of those. Android spyware has been camouflaged as VPN and chat apps on Google Play. And again, another story, another week. Uh, three additional Android apps on Google Play were used by state-sponsored threat actors to collect intel from targeted devices like location data and contact lists. The malicious Android apps were first discovered by Cypherma, who attributed the operation with medium confidence to the Indian hacking group Do Not, also tracked as APTC35, which has targeted high-profile organizations in Southeast Asia since at least 2018. Amnesty International linked the threat group to an Indian cybersecurity firm and highlighted a spyware distribution campaign that also relied on fake chat apps. The apps used in the Do Not Latest campaign performed basic information gathering to prepare the ground for more dangerous malware infections representing what appears to be the first stage of the threat group's attack. The suspicious applications found by Cypherm on Google Play are Ensure Chat and Icafa VPN, both uploaded from Security Industry, both apps and a third from the same publisher, which does not appear malicious, according to Cypherm, remains available on Google Play at the time that this story was published. This obviously could change if you're listening at a later date but nonetheless more there uh, researchers discovered a new sophisticated mac os toolkit targeting apple mac os systems as of now these samples are still largely undetected with very little information is available at any of them according to bit defender researchers andre lapasuno and bogdan bedazdu uh, i'm sorry for butchering y'all's name guys i, I sincerely apologize the Romanian firm's analysis is based on an examination of four samples that were uploaded to VirusTotal by an unnamed victim. The earliest sample dates back to April 18th. Two of the three malicious programs are said to be generic Python-based backdoors that are designed to target Windows, Linux, and macOS systems. The payloads have been collectively dubbed Joker Spy. The first, const, const, uh, constituent, the first constituent is a shared dot dat, which once uh, launched runs an operating system check. Um, and establishes contact with a remote server to fetch additional instructions for execution. On devices running macOS, basic foreign-coded content retrieved from the servers ran into a file named users uh, slash shared slash apple accounts dgz that subsequently unpacked and launched as a temp user application in the same routine that does the same for Linux. And so there's that, and that's significant because here's the deal. The more they target macOS, and macOS has been really, really popular, the more they're finding vulnerabilities within macOS. And the greater the, the, the macOS vulnerabilities pay much more. That's just the, the bottom line. So you're going to see a lot more come at it. You can read more about this one uh, there as well. On Friday, if you missed this, the SEC delayed its final rule on cyber incident disclosure as the industry pushed back significantly. The rule initially proposed in March of 2022 would require public companies to submit a filing within four days of determining whether a cyber breach is material. As part of that proposal, the SEC also sought additional disclosures from companies regarding their cyber governance, including board expertise and upper management involvement in cyber risk. 
The proposal stemmed from years of companies delaying or failing to disclose significant cyber breaches or ransomware attacks. Companies have historically only reported about one quarter of the ransomware attacks to public authorities, according to a report released by the Senate in 2022. Now, the SEC said it's going to delay the uh, to delay this even more uh, while they still work with industry to find a reasonable time frame to report cyber incidents. Um, and and you know what? Here's the deal, though. This is really getting too much for so many practitioners. If you're a publicly traded company, you've got to report to the SEC. Then 50 different states have different data breach notification. That's very different. Then the FTC's got its own, and the White House has its own, and CISA and DHS have their own, and DOE has its own, and everyone's kind of has their own. So here's an idea, Washington, and here's an idea, everyone in, in, in the regulatory. Get together, agree on one, break it down from 60 or 70 some odd different rules I've got to comply with to one. One, let me do one disclosure to the FTC, SEC, CMEC, CBCC, I don't care who, CISA, I don't care, but give me one and that's it. You're adding work. You're increasing complexity. You're making us think about things that really we shouldn't be thinking too much about. We should be worried about strengthening our cyber posture. We should be worried about our supply chain. We should be focused on evangelizing security within our organization. Instead, we have to sit with general counsels and outside counsels and talk about disclosures and have an Excel ready and know in the event that and when something does happen, who do we need to report to when? Oh, and does this apply to these people? And what's the threshold here? What's you're adding work that's not conducive to practitioners. If you've heard anything from the show today, it's that we elected you to do a job, get it done and fix it and streamline it and get it over with. That's it for my rant. That's it for the show, y'all. We'll be back tomorrow with a whole lot more. Until then, have a great rest of your day. Enjoy the rest of your week. And most importantly, y'all, stay cyber safe. We love feedback. So make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.